1: Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: The Around the NFL podcast is still beefing with the Move the Sticks podcast.
0: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. That's right, the Around the NFL podcast. I'm your host today, Daniel Jeremiah. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't believe in heroes. Oh, (laughs) wow. Total takeover. The Zeuser is not here, and I know what you're thinking at home. You know, oh, is he on vacation? No, no. He's been fired. (laughs) Dan Hansus is gone, (laughs) never to return again. And in addition to my move to sticks duties, now,
3: look, I fill in and and do a little around the NFL, and I think this is going to be a good thing for all parties involved. I'm I'm excited to have DJ here with us, of course. I'm here, Mark Sessler. Uh, is also here Chris Wesseling and Dan are both taking their vacations while they could uh this week so and we're still calling it a vacation yeah okay. he's gone Not i don't want people to go too crazy okay um but i had this whole deal with DJ and DJ was like you know i love i, I love the work you guys do you know i know i kind of play it up a little bit that i don't like the podcast it's really just hansis i don't That's it. i don't like so it all comes to. and so he said the minute you get hansis out of the studio he wanted me to fire him uh, I thought that's a little much, but what what I, once Dan was on vacation I said, DJ, can you do the first show Happy after Dan do it. does it after vacation? Dan, wait. Well, it's he so
2: nettlesome between you two <laughs> that we couldn't even all be in one studio together. I think that's telling. This thing has been going on for six, seven, eight months at this point. Look, Dan doesn't he he, he just doesn't get it.
0: Okay. Look, I mean there's there's a friendship that, that we all have a camaraderie. We're all athletes, you know, and with Dan he just doesn't have that in common with us. So, it's just a hurdle that I don't know whether will ever be, to be
3: able to get over. What would you say your best sport was, Mark? You know, we, since we're all athletes.
2: I played football for six years, and that it was okay. my best. That's not saying that I was even adequate at it, but it was probably my best. That classifies you as an athlete. It does. In I my like opinion.
3: that. I never played any football, but, you know.
2: What did you play? A little tennis.
3: Well, tennis Cross country. an athletic sport. You got to be athletic That's to good. do that. We won the state. How about that? That's big time. Um,. So, Daniel Jeremiah is here. I did here. not know you grew up in Alaska. Did you grow up Stop. in Alaska? <laughs> Daniel Jeremiah is here, and uh, Dan and, and Wes are, are not, but we soldier on, and I'm excited. This is, uh, It's going to be a big show. We're going to have some news uh, to get to, and uh, we're going to break down uh, and let you know who won our uh, best-drafted teams that we did last week. I'm actually going to have DJ decide Ooh, nice. who drafted the best team. And then uh, we're going to do something uh, else a little different, something we call some players uh, at the crossroads.
4: <laughs> nice.
3: I feel like I'm in the high school layup line right now. <laughs> Make or break players. Uh, you know, and the guys really at the crossroads of their careers were pretty excited about that. But I guess let's just get into the news. Unless you, you want to bury Dan anymore. No, I wanna... Sean just jumps in there. What, what's going on there? I would like to hear the crossroads one more time. Yeah. Okay. We
4: Crossroads
0: one more time.
3: One more of those.
4: Wow.
5: Oh yeah. What well, they, back what? to the news drop though. Normally Dan goes. All right, let's get into some news. Yeah. And he stops. You kept talking. That's not my fault. Well, I did. I wasn't
3: really ready. I wasn't really ready to go. But he right said, into "Let's it. get into the news." That's
2: Fair. Sully getting aggressive right out of the gate. I'm sorry, Sean. Sean, Sean I'm just let, saying. Let's
3: let's just real, look. Dan's not here. Let's not reference him anymore.
5: <laughs> okay, that's good a good point. I do apologize. That's right. Let's make that's it a right. good show. A good and
2: show. and for good everyone
3: show. that's worried why our, our normal producer, TD, is not here, and we have Sully uh, behind the glass. Mm-hmm. Sully, why don't you tell us actually why why TD is not here?
5: Uh, TD is taking care of uh, some uh, some home tragedy that he had I guess you could say and,
3: and it's uh, toilet it, it, it
5: exploded <laughs> toilet exploded I was it's trying, to, yeah. I was trying to avoid saying toilet exploded well yeah but yes, you have it to exploded. explain or people are
3: going to think
0: something, something really
3: that's sad happened that's the most happening. embarrassing reason I've ever heard of anyone yeah. missing he's work. working from home today and his, his
5: toilet exploded uh full of like soapy bubbles.
3: I like that thing TD does when he says, "Oh, I'll be working from home Tuesday." You're a producer of podcast. How no. can you do that, you from do that from there's nothing to, there's nothing to do. He's Here's not
2: keeping it a secret by the way. He's tweeted out like some sort of vine of this, you know, yeah. going on 8 seconds of Bubbling. Like, soapy bubbles coming yeah. out of his toilet. So. He's, so he's
0: finally getting it fixed today. After this this podcast later today, I'm doing doing my Move to Six podcast. Right. So TD sent me the text message. "I'm out tomorrow. Have some home repairs to get done." <laughs> <laughs> I have Sean and Brandon in to produce.
3: Yeah, DJ, of yeah, course, so. if you've never heard of it, the Move the Sticks podcast, at least the second best podcast on uh, NFL. Uh, it's a great listen. <laughs> it is a great listen. I don't know. I, I, I would probably still, in all honesty, put us at number three. Okay. Um, You're working your way up?
0: Yeah, look, You know, Dave, Dave's been doing it a while. It's Coach's there. show number two? You guys are playing, like, 90s rap songs I grew up listening to. So, I mean, look, look there's some ground I have to make
3: up, but I'm game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that now that we know why TD is here, Sh- Sully, let's do it again. Let's do some news. And let's start with uh, all the franchise players that their deadlines are up this week, July 15th, Des Bryant, Demarius Thomas, Justin Houston, they have to get a deal done. Jason Pierre-Paul, we know he's not going to get a deal done by July 15th. So there's a lot of rhetoric building up. Again, that's Wednesday. We're taping this on Tuesday. Des Bryant made news this week saying he will not show up without a new contract. And it was a, a little confusing. Well, show up for what? And our Rand Getlin, uh, now working for NFL Media, says he – plans to miss training camp and intends to miss at least some games. Are we oh. buying Des Bryant missing games? I'm buying it. I, I think he I think he would. And to me, I, when I look at the
0: leverage of the situation, um I think I actually think Des Bryant has the leverage here. Really? I do. And and here here I'll explain why. Dallas Cowboys this off season have gone all in. Okay, they they let DeMarco Murray go. Okay, that's the one subtraction. But then you take a shot on Greg Hardy which is a big risk. You draft Randy Gregory, which is a big risk. They went in early on Lyle Collins after the draft. Now all that stuff's kind of gone away, but there was still some risk involved at the time they made that decision, and that could pay off nicely for them. But this has been an ultra-aggressive offseason. Mm. They've got a quarterback in Tony Romo with an ever-shrinking window. So Jerry Jones, you're trying to tell me, last year he's within a you know a controversial call uh, on that completion against the Packers, from being in a championship game, they haven't. Went, it's been 20 years, right, since the Cowboys have won a yeah. Super Bowl. 20 years. Jerry Jones is this close. A controversial call. He's in the championship game, and now all of a sudden he's going to say, "You know what? I'm going to be a hardliner here, and no, we're going to stand on principle, and we're not going to pay Des Bryant." If I'm Des Bryant's people, I'm saying, "Forget that. They're going to cave."
2: They won a Super Bowl when one of their other star players, Emmitt Smith, sat out Just a in the regular games. season. Yep. But after years and, and they years, basically panicked. And gave Emmett everything he wanted because they started off that season poorly. That's if right. I remember. Well, and they don't have DeMarco Murray, and if you don't have Dez Bryant and you have to take that wide receiver group and shuffle everyone up a notch yeah. going into the season, they might have to start panicking. I don't think it's a terrible move by Dez. I guess the question is you keep hearing that maybe financially this isn't the easiest thing for him to do to just Cash sit room, out money. Me, <laughs> wow. Money, all right. We just break out all the old rap Wrong. for DJ. I didn't
0: know we were doing. allowed to do this.
3: I'd been doing this on my podcast a long time ago. <laughs> well, TD should have told you that.
2: Jeez. <laughs> I could, don't could des
3: panic though. I don't buy that Dez, that Des has the leverage, but you make a good point that he has more than you would in a normal circumstances. You're counting on the Jerry Jones is crazy and impulsive and desperately wants to win factor. This is a guy who gave Roy Williams a lot of money. This Is a guy that gave Ken Hamlin a lot of money. He gives a lot of people that are on the Cowboys too much money. Why wouldn't he give it to Dez? But Mark made the point that I was going to – this is a guy who's made less than $12 million in his career, which is a lot of money, but from everything we hear that's been reported and stuff that's not been reported, he needs the money, and he's going to make more money this year, guaranteed, the second he signs that, than he's made in the last four years combined.
0: Here's the thing. So make the money. Well, he, well, here's the thing though. I'm going to go back to the leverage point. You have Troy Aikman, okay? Between Troy Aikman and Tony Romo, the quarterback position for the Cowboys. Not good. We can agree on that, right? It was a train wreck. Between they, those in two, between, between those two, those two quarterbacks, Carter, you're not yeah, a Chad, Chad Hutch- Hutchinson group. The on sure. and on and on. They tried it out everybody. Did not okay. work. Henson. I mean, so now he, so he knows that you, you if you have a chance to win you have to have a quarterback and now he's got Tony Romo here in the last little bit so this this could be once Tony Romo's career ends they might it might take him 10 to 15 years to find another quarterback that's going to be you know adequate yeah and Jerry Jones I don't see him foregoing a season which he would be doing if this ended up being a prolonged holdout because I don't think if Des Bryant misses four five six games that this team is a playoff team. I wow. just don't
3: see yeah. I don't see I don't see Jerry Jones taking that risk. I don't. And it, yeah, it's
0: a risk to sign
3: him, but it's, it's a just, risk to It's just right, one player though. Game. You you went 8 and 8, you went 6 and 10 even when you had Dez, Bryant. You can win games without Dez, Bryant. I think you have to look at the and whole DeMarco picture. And DeMarco
0: Murray? Take both those guys off that team? I,
2: I think don't these think are that,
3: the types of things you say though a couple days before a deadline.
2: Well, I don't think this is the same Jerry Jones or the the organization has shifted from the team that overpaid average players and swung and missed on some huge contracts. Way back when they seem to be of sound mind, their draft strategy's gotten better, and i don 't think paying you know des the money he's going to get at some point is a mistake. This is by some people 's argument, the best receiver in football, and he certainly fits the cowboys well that that 's the thing is ultimately they 're going to give him a lot of money they 're just arguing
3: about what the structure is, and there's some talk that they're a little worried about guaranteeing him huge amounts of money right away because of how he's acted he's off issues. the field, and uh, so they want to yeah. spread the money out. But you're right. Maybe, maybe the agents – I think the agents would love to just have him hold out, and they think that's the smart financial long play. Des Bryant, I don't know if he is going to be able to miss the money and miss football. He loves the game. No, it's couldn't gonna, even it's, miss minicamp. No, it's, it's, it's he be, showed up. It's going to be fascinating to watch it.
0: it it's a definitely an interesting situation. That I saw a comparison. I don't know if, if we did it on our site. I saw it somewhere where it put up the, uh, the first five years of Calvin Johnson versus the first five years of Dez, and the numbers are very comparable. But obviously Calvin Johnson is a model citizen. That check's a little bit easier to write in that situation.
2: They're so, a little bit different too because I remember the Jaguars game from last year where Dez Bryant goes on fire early and then vanishes for like two straight quarters. He's not seemed- quite Calvin Johnson, but he's right there in that next group below him.
3: And actually so is Demarius Thomas. The other guy that another wide receiver that's up for a contract this week been reporting that he's not close to a deal. We have Justin Houston. They're actually looking. We'll all know by Wednesday, so so we'll see what happens there. I think Des Bryant, would you say is the most likely to miss time during the season out of any of these guys? No one has held out as a franchise player since 2002. So that yeah. it shows it'd be breaking. Well, you're, giving up some, you're giving up some money there. You're giving uh, up big money. Um, look,
0: it, I, I would say Dez Bryant is the only one. Justin Houston's situation is going to be interesting to me as well. Mm. Uh, that, that's one I keep an eye on. But here, here's a question I'll pose to you guys. Um, when you look at paying paying a receiver, Dez Bryant, Demarius Thomas, I mean, you'd think on the field you'd say, okay, Dez Bryant is worth more money. But when you take everything and factor in everything, to me there's the factor of if I'm a general manager, I sleep well at night with Demarius Thomas having all that money. You maybe worry a little bit about Des Bryant. So I, I don't know that you can say, okay, this is no slam dunk. If Des Bryant signs, then Demarius Thomas, you know, is gonna come up a little bit under that. If Des Bryant yeah. signs, I think Demarius Thomas people are gonna to wanna to beat that contract.
2: Yeah, I mean I think that's a valid point. The Cowboys have stu- they've stood behind Des from day one, no matter what's gone on. I think Jerry Jones is 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 one of the people, the GM slash owners that Really, when he when he when he stands behind a guy, he doesn't go against that. But yeah, in terms of who you can give that guaranteed money to sleep well at night and feel good, what's d- there's nothing not to like about Demarius Thomas. No, I'd I be just like Dez,
4: Dez better as a player. Dez just
2: going up and getting the footballs on a different level. Yeah,
3: I'd be surprised if the Demarius Thomas deal, if it doesn't happen now, I don't think there's gonna be drama. I think he'll play and then they'll give him a deal next year Dez I think could you know last a, a little bit longer but they're almost playing a game of chicken right now they're represented by two agents for a group that's coming together in CAA and it's almost like I wouldn't be su- I don't think one deal is going to come early and then they copy it they're almost waiting to the last minute another big cowboy story recently we this happened on Friday bef- after we did our last podcast Greg Hardy had his suspension reduced from 10 to 4 games Seems like every suspension is getting reduced these days. Does this make you think that the Cowboys' defense and the Cowboys in general are a little more dangerous?
0: Well, I mean, you put if they can keep all these people on the field for you've got a whole host of reasons why they might not be on the field. But when you look at Sean Lee, if he can stay healthy, there's going to be a lot of ifs here. <laughs>
3: Sean Lee can stay healthy. There's a guy uh, at the crossroads right now, Sean Lee. There you go. Needs to stay needs to stay uh, healthy. He's, he's a little slow on the trigger there. Come on, Sully. I said the word. There it is. Nice. There he is.
0: Um, no, Sean Lee is at the crossroads, and I don't know that he's lonely. But um, when you look at that defense, Randy Gregory stays out of trouble. Greg Hardy once he comes off suspension, you get if you can get all these guys on the field in that front seven at the same time. And Demarcus Lawrence is a player I really like. Mm. Tyrone Crawford is a young stud. I mean, those two guys you put together these young guys and some of these you know veterans, golly, that that front seven looks drastically different than what we saw last year.
2: What do you? How about when it comes to Greg Hardy and and Sean Lee, two guys that haven't played in a very long time? I mean, these how hard is it to get back into football shape? They're going to have the preseason and training camp and stuff, but still a long stretch since they've done anything.
0: Here's the thing. I, if you're a player that is a speed player, so you look at your characteristics, and this is where you hang your hat is on your speed and your athleticism. I think it's a major concern. You miss that amount of time. But Sean Lee his, makes his money off of his instincts, and that's, that's, gonna, that's not going anywhere. He'll right. be fine there. And Hardy, to me, is a power rusher. So he's a power player. So... That, to me, won't be as big of a concern. Now, if you've got if you've got a Vaughn Miller or somebody like that, it loses a step. Now, you know, you, you've got major issues. But that's not really either
3: one of these guys' game based off speed. They, they have to be so happy because, you know, signing Hardy was a risk, and it looked like it was a risk that really wasn't paying off like they hoped when it was 10 games. Now it's down to four. That was a weakness last year going into the season. It inspired such disgust. Mark Sessler famously had a segment on the podcast where he used 50 words to describe the – Cowboys defense, none of them in glowing terms.
2: Well, it was – And that proved to right. be. I was wrong. Kind of wrong. Does he do was this a lot? Does he, like, say like something you messed up and he brings <laughs> it back? Uh, He's one of these guys? His callbacks typically will be at the expense of another member of the podcast. Uh, that, but I think there. that, you know, that was ba- – All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah.
4: Before
0: we move on, <laughs> I want to – Look, Dan would never do this. Dan would just let this, this rift grow, and I'm yeah. not like that. I, I want you to say something that Sessler's got right. I like this.
3: Sessler – Oh boy, this is tough. Uh, we're get, tough. We're gonna work through this, guys. We're gonna work through Shouldn't this. Shouldn't be tough. Sessler gets a lot right every year. I need year. an example. I can't think of what his predictions no. were that were right. Well, oh, okay. If you well, hold on, hold on. Hey, 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 I just I can't think if, of my if, own predictions. Okay, if you
0: can't if you can't say anything nice about Sessler, then I Mark, can... then Mark, hold on, hold on.
3: Now, Mark, then tell me how he screwed up. Let's let's balance this thing. No, out. I'll I'll balance say something nice. His Cowboys content that he did. I mean, it used some of the lyricism, the poetry, the the gift of gab that people know Mark Sessler for. So who cares? Uh, it's kind of like, you know, a lot of the guys on our network, who who cares what they're
2: saying? They're just good at saying it. That, that's why <laughs> they get paid the big <laughs> A lot price. of uh, ups and downs in that commentary there <laughs> from Greg. But I think that's acceptable. You know, you yeah. did. You built a bridge there, DJ. I tried. Thank you. Thanks, DJ. Uh Let's talk about Ken Stabler. We didn't get a chance to last
3: time. Uh, Sad news, of course, that he passed away at age 69. It was last Thursday. It was confirmed right after we taped our last podcast. Uh, He's a guy who's known uh, second team all NFL for the 70s. Some of his numbers were better than I realized. Led the NFL in completion percentage in the 70s. Was known for his two-minute drill. Was known for kind of waiting back there and going second, third, fourth read. Bombs away. Taking chances. I mean, he had a five-year run. I didn't realize where he was truly one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. Do you have any, any Ken Stabler memories or thoughts, DJ? Well, a little young. Yeah, we were a little Well, Well, you're sneaky because you have the four kids. Yeah. And we were talking about before the show.
2: Your youngest th- is now eight. Your youngest is now eight. So, so you're having children at roughly nine? Was it nineteen, <laughs> twenty years old? I had,
0: I got married at twenty two, and my wife got pregnant six months after we got married. So we started early. So we have four kids. So I have a fourteen year old, an eleven year old, a nine
3: year old, and an eight year old. <laughs> so that's that's a profile of an older man. So I sometimes yeah. forget. No, you're, you're yeah, no, guy. I was still
0: I was still young with Ken Stabler, but this has been uh, a situation where. I didn't know as much about his career, but it's been fascinating to me. You know, obviously, the sad, sad situation with his passing, but getting a chance to read all these articles, John McClain, what, what he wrote in Houston, some of these stories—they're unbelievable. And you, you sit there and go, okay, with what social media is now. I mean, right? Can you, oh, can you imagine? Forget it. Oh my God! Well, there was
3: this story I think you're referring to that the one where he, 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 he showed up to a playoff game hung over from the night before. First half was terrible, then he puked his guts out at halftime. And played great after
2: halftime, although they still lost 31-28, but he he had a 28-point comeback. That, but that was also 1970s-era NFL from what from what you read about it, because it was before my time to somewhat too, but I, I think of Stabler as the guy that when I had lived in England and when I came back to the States and all my friends were into football and you start to get more and more into it, that NFL films and Kenny Stabler were a perfect marriage. And that Raiders that Raiders era as well. And one of my, Kenny Stabler's a guy that always, I didn't watch him play live games, but I always knew of him from reading about NFL history and watching those NFL film segments. He just seemed like an absolute wild badass. Well, John Madden said it.
3: He was, he was the ultimate Raider. Basically, he was the guy that you thought of. And I think the Raiders, we still are hearing from their fans whenever we say anything mildly negative about it because of that 70s team and because of Ken Stabler, because it built so many fans around the country because it was such a cool team. And he was really the leader of that. Uh, So, RIP. By the way, real real quick, before we move on from
0: Stabler, if you had to compare him, his throwing motion, just watching him throw a football Mm. as a lefty, comparing him to another lefty. Does anybody you think of anybody?
2: A lefty today.
0: Any, any time in history, like, does he remind you of any other lefty? Well, like, who you well, got? I, who you got? The first one when I saw him, I saw a little bit of Mark Burnell.
2: Yeah, when interesting I saw him throw. I was thinking Boomer Sison was lefty, but I don't, I don't have a yeah. scientific study on that. Both, yeah, a little bit of a stronger motions. arm than Matt Leinart.
0: A okay. little bit, a little bit. Then uh, Steve Young, still Steve Young, had a different mm, motion. Yeah, yeah. He was a little more compact. We need um, some
3: more good lefties in the game right now. It's good fun to history, watch. It's though. fun to watch a lefty throw. Watching all those highlights. <laughs> Needs to fill fill the need, lefty quarterback. Start practicing if you're left-handed and you're young <laughs> out there. Um, a guy who won't be at practice anytime soon, maybe uh, for the rest of the year. Assistant uh, or offensive line coach for the Bills, Aaron Cromer, arrested for assault and battery over the weekend, and the Bills announced today he is being put on paid administrative leave. That could um, be something they do in advance of. Of putting him on something that does not pay him, and potentially him no longer being in the organization, we'll we'll have to find out. Aaron Cromer been in the news a little too much, probably for his own liking, in the last year.
2: Yeah, I mean, on top of this uh, beach chairs incident involving you know knocking out a youth, I'm not sure exactly. That's, that's
3: the allegations. Is that allegedly. allegedly allegedly allegedly, and he was arrested for it, and they did determine it was credible, you know, the cred- credible in the police report that that. Beach chairs. His beach chairs were being used by a neighbor, and uh, he got angry and got into an altercation with some kids under 18. We don't know how young they are, but under 18, and he's alleged to have punched one of them.
2: He's not a fan of millennials. We've established that, but also last year, what about when he, you know, gotten got into Cutler. a Jake Cutler as well? You know, it seemed like he was a rising star with the Saints not too long ago, and it's been a rough couple of seasons.
3: It does show how quick things change first year after the his first year in Chicago when the Bears offense was humming he was the kind of guy you thought okay another good year like that he's going to be the guy getting head coaching interviews because he's the offensive coordinator for a great offense well this is the
0: challenge too is if you look at it from the Bills perspective offensive line coach for anybody I I would say um, you know you got the head coach and the two coordinators after those positions to me The offensive line coach, by far the most important position on your staff. And in some cases, you can make a a statement that it might even be even more important than a coordinator Mm -hmm. if you have a big-time offensive line coach because they make things go. Now you've got Buffalo specifically with Rex Ryan, who all he talks about is ground and pound. All he wants to do is run the football, take pressure off their quarterback, defense, run the football. Offensive line coach, this is a huge, huge issue if he's not there for them going into the regular season. I think they have an assistant offensive line coach who's a holdover from a previous staff. But, you know, normally those are you typically a younger guy, not quite as experienced. Right. And, and,
3: man, that's a that's a huge, huge loss
0: for the Buffalo Bills if this thing uh, continues and he, on.
3: And he's known as one of the better, best offensive line coaches in the league. Did a great job uh, in New Orleans. They have some talent there on yeah. the offensive line, but certainly some questions. So that's something to watch.
2: Maybe the Bills can hope that, like with everything else in society, four weeks from now, no one will even remember this happened. <laughs> And they can just slip him right back into the.
3: Well, here coming up, a couple quick stories before we finish the news. Stuff we definitely won't remember. These are these are July stories, but I thought they were fun. Justin Houston, he said the Chiefs have the best pass rush duo in the league between uh, him and Tomali, and they did uh, technically combine for the most sacks last year. Yeah. So that so they have a case to be made. I just wanted to quickly throw out whether you guys agreed with him, whether you would pick another duo, and who would you pick. I'll start out and give you guys a second to think about it.
0: You're gonna go Warren Mil- Miller. I would go Warren Miller, and yeah. I think that's easy. Yeah.
3: I don't know if it's that easy because I think you could go J.J. J. Watt Info and whatever. anyone, yeah. right? And that's an option. And there's some other options around the league, but yeah, I love Von Miller. I think he'll he'll get better a year removed from uh, his time off. Here's the thing, though. Can you, you know,
0: what what I would always say when these duo discussions would come up, and everybody mm-hmm. automatically thinks of one side and the opposite side. Mm-hmm. You also can put two guys next to each other. It can mm, be pretty yeah. interesting. And to me, look, I know when Sue's not going to rack up, you know, huge sack numbers. But when you have a duo like him, you put him next to a Cam Wake and even Olivia Vernon, who I think is one of the most underrated players in the league. That's a duo that I don't think people think about or, or wow. talk because about because it's
2: new. And I, that's looking right here, number one on my list. I put the Dolphins as well because we don't know Sue and Wake, Sue and Wake, because yeah. Wake has been. I don't know if it's because the whole team has been sort of blah for so long. Wake's been. Largely overlooked uh, when they talk about these kinds of players. I put the Chiefs number two, though. I would, although Ali though, only had point. six sacks last season. Yeah. So it's really the monstrous production from one guy, and Ali, and then third maybe Broncos. How about Greg
3: Hardy and uh, your boy Tyron Crawford? Maybe they'll be it. in the mix. Uh, you know, you
0: understand. know, when you go back and <laughs> look like over Crawford. the
3: stats from last year, the here I'll, I'll quiz
0: you. Don't don't look at your computers. But a player, and every time I see it, I'm always like, God, I forget about him every single time. Last year he had 14 and a half sacks. What, just
3: any player? A player last had, oh, year. Who pl- had 14 and a, a half, player,
0: half A defensive end last year had 14 and a half sacks. It just doesn't roll off the tongue when you start talking. Jerry Hughes maybe? No. NFC East.
3: Mm. Cox? No. No, he did not. Yeah, that's 14 and thinking. a half. Brandon Graham didn't have that. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan. No. Uh, He Kerrigan might have had he around there. I want you thirty. He was he was less. He doesn't get a lot of
0: Connor Barwin. Oh yeah, Barwin. Barwin. Barwinning. Like Barwin. Like when you start talking, I don't think of him that way. No, you don't think of him like that. But but all of a sudden, you are like, okay, Fletcher Cox, who is a stud. Now you got
3: him and Connor Barwin. That's kind of a sneaky good uh, duo, right there. And I there. maybe
2: go Cox and Graham though over Cox and Barwin, but mm. from the sack side.
3: By the way, America voted on uh, Total Access. Who was the biggest snub in the top 100? Mm-hmm. Fletcher Cox was one of the options, and he came and laughed out of the options. They Whoa! Chose who them. else wasn't in there? It was Devin McCordy. And I forget who the ch- – Eli was one of them. It's like Fletcher Cox was the pick. It, yeah. it was the, It's insane that he was not in the top – I would you put him in the top 40 or 50 oh, last dear. year. He was great. All right, last one. Quickly, with, uh, a study last week looking at a lot of factors. Economics is a big part of it. Ticket sales, jerseys determined that the Cowboys have the best fans in the league. I don't think any one of us would agree with that because their home crowd is pretty lousy for the most part. Who who would you pick as the best fan? You know who uh, – people ask me this all the time. You have to, who
0: who are you a fan of? Like, look, when you work for teams, you lose all that. No, I know, but who but, do you think gr- has the best I, fan? I be? grew up a Cowboy fan. I was a Cowboy mm, really? fan. Really? I yeah. didn't even know that. Yeah. And I, ironically, I get a lot of heat from, from Cowboy fans for, for stuff that I say or do. And I'm like, you, I wore a Danny White Huffy jersey as a little kid, okay? Let's uh, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, uh, But in terms of what, what or who has the best fans, look, when you grow up in San Diego – and you go to Charger games, as I think we're, the nation's starting to realize now, the stadium usually is full of whoever's coming in there to play. And two teams – well, three teams. I'll put three teams in terms of road games mm. where you felt their fans. And I think that makes you a good fan. If you live in, exactly. outside of the city right. and you want to go see your team play – so the Cowboys were always one of the three teams. They would fill up the stadium. Every time Daryl Johnson got the ball, you heard the whole stadium yell moose. I mean, so they would, the Steelers and the Packers. So growing up as a kid, going to a lot of Charger games, I knew when, when, when the Chargers played those three teams, I was going to see as many of their fans there as there were Charger fans.
2: I went Packers because it's the tradition. They've been there forever. It's it's passed down from father to son and mother to daughter, and there's no shifting loyalties in Green Bay. That's They're built all around the Packers. But also, it's a little easier when your team has had a run from Brett Favre into Aaron Rodgers, where yeah. generations of people have never known bad quarterback play.
3: Sully is behind the glass waving a Seahawks flag. Sorry, twelves, little too. Which they uh, wouldn't even be in the conversation. Little too five Johnny years come ago. lately. They're great now. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, because because nobody
5: lately. talked about us five years ago, but they've been up in there loud and proud. As the twelfth man since the late seventies,
3: CX not nothing new. CX have good fans.
5: Yes. How first of all, how hot is it behind the glass, Sully? You are glowing. <laughs> I, it's hot. It's a eighty plus. Wow. Oh it's, um, it's it's getting hot. Uh, yeah, eighty one. Eighty one. Yeah,
3: but Sully, like a lot of CX fans, do you feel like you know anything about the NFL since before the year two thousand? Yeah. Okay. Well, you're the exception.
0: Quiz him. Quiz him <laughs> on some Seahawks history. Jim Zorn, Largent.
3: Well, well no, you just no. name me. Like, who, Largent. Who
0: started opposite of Largent on the other side? Ooh, that's a good
3: question. Yeah, thank you. All yeah, right, let's move I'm on. Let me
0: a- answer that one.
3: I, I would go – I'm going to go with – I think the Packers are a good choice because they might be the smartest fans. They really know their stuff, which is partly because I think they have the best local media. They really get yeah. into the football in terms of the local media. It's very competitive. and they I mean, they're, they're doing big features and X's and O's on, like, the backup tackle battle. So it just makes a smart fan base. They're close. But I'm going to give it to the Buffalo Bills because they've been through a lot and their fan base does not give up – at all, they're just as passionate. The, uh, Browns, are passionate. the well, I, Browns are you, just as in the mix. Well, I can't pick the Browns because it seems disingenuous. But how about your team moves? No, I get it. The Browns right? are in the mix. They'd be in my top five, but yeah. I'm giving Buffalo the honor for that because they are very loud and they don't even get mad when you pick on them a little bit. But they're so
2: appreciative if if you say anything nice. About and it. Bills fans don't. Ha- Browns fans have many instances of very bad behavior. Now they're the reason for it, but Bills fans are generally well behaved and rowdy which I don't think I don't care if you be as poorly behaved as you want. It should be the Browns, but you can't do that on the show Bill, if you're a Browns fan. Bill's Mafia
0: is, is legit. That's oh, a yeah, thing it is. Because that's one of those teams. The Raiders, you mentioned them are one. If you say something negative, there's certain fan bases that will stick up for their players. I mean, it is a... A blind devotion.
2: What about Jets fans? I, Raiders would be. No, the different. Jets fans will agree with nah, you. They'll, they we, come and go. They'll
0: say we suck. You know, they'll say a Bills fan will will be optimistic.
2: Just trying to throw some sort of a bone, Dan's way during what a podcast is going to keep him up at night. I don't that's what you're it. talking about. Wow. All right.
3: All right. Let's do a little housekeeping um, that the aforementioned Mister Hansus will appreciate.
0: Is it, do you really pronounce his name Hansus? Like rhymes the, with
2: Kansas? Hans. That's Hansa Hansus. Yeah, H-A-N-Z-U-S. I've been calling him Hansus. That's, uh, it got beca- that became Damoshek his official then, name yeah. through Damashek, and he's now called that way by executives. Anyone else, they don't know his last name. Rhyme like, rhymes with Kansas. Dick is a cow. I th- you it's kind of thought-
0: like it's a, I can remember that. You always do those little memory games, you know? <laughs> Kansas, a really crappy football program with you know, it's never gonna you know stop paying Charlie Weiss and major issues. Kansas, okay,
3: I got. Wow, it. I got well, a little housekeeping. Last last <laughs> show, Mark, you weren't here for it, but we drafted teams. Uh, we just decided to take. Eight players per team. Just build the most talent you could have on one team. It's kind of coming off the the end of the Top 100 series. And we got the resident scout in the building. For those who, who don't know, DJ worked for the Eagles, for the Ravens, for the Browns. I mean, he's he's legit. Worked for these teams as a scout. And so I thought he'd look at our three teams that we built. And quickly, you can just pick... Okay. which team you think is the best. I'm not going to go through them all here. If you listen to the show, Team Greg was led by J.J. Watt, and Calvin Johnson, Tom Brady, Darrell Revis. That's a good-looking team. Yeah, some some good guys at the end there. Team Dan led by Aaron Rodgers. nice. Adrian Peterson, Dez, Sherman, Earl Thomas. A few more there. good-looking team as well. DJ is, is studying this. He's looking very Charles. angrily at Dan's headshot. So,
0: so well, Dan's got Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson. Yeah, we go we were just along trying with Dez
3: Bryant and Julio Jones. Just trying to build, build the most talented wow. team. And then Team West, uh, he starts off with Gronk, Andrew Luck, Beckham, Justin Houston. Goes on from there. He wrapped up his picks with Demarius Thomas. I just, I just wow, we had that's, DJ that's here. Is that it? I'll, Is that I'll the last through. one? Yeah, that's it. Just three teams. I'll give. I'll. I'll let you look at it a little more. Forgot yeah. to bring up the printouts, but this is working. Yeah, no, this is good.
0: Um, look, th- these are obviously three very talented teams. I think Wes um, definitely skewed a little bit younger, Okay, right? Building a team for the future, which I I like. I'm a big uh, big fan of his roster. I think. Uh, look, you you've got a, a nice team, Greg. When you look at when you look at when you look at JJ Watt, you got the most dominant defensive player. You've got Calvin Johnson. You've got Le'Veon Bell, who I love. Um, I love Tom Brady, but. As much Whoa. as this pains me, Whoa. I always go to the quarterbacks. And, and Team Dan with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball to Des Bryant and Julio Jones. I don't know who drafted this team for him, but wow. whoever did it did a good job. Uh, I just,
2: As the sitting GM of Dan's team... I helped oh, him Did out you help him? Oh, I, knew he couldn't that that <laughs> I knew he could do it is by himself. I knew he could do it himself. Total nonsense. Dan's team scores about 70 points a game, and then it's like, oh, you get to pick the next 10 best players in the NFL, and I, you can build uh, <laughs> a pretty t- good defense out of that. I thought I was giving you a layup here to just do some more hands of slamming no, It just shows like what that. kind of
3: integrity no, this man has. He puts aside his personal feelings. He goes Team Dan, and you know what? You just What you were just saying is that the Around the NFL podcast listeners out there they might as well be NFL scouts because the voting did come in, and you guys did choose. Did team, they vote for Dan? They By did far, I Tim, Team wow. Dan.
0: Yeah, they got that
3: solidly one. over. Over West was second, and uh, te- my team uh, didn't really do so well came in third. <laughs> whatever. That's so, uh, congrats, Dan. You know, it's a big week. He's also got his pain rankings out. While we're talking uh, hands, as he is ranking. And we're going to talk about it a little more next week when he comes back. He's ranking which teams have experienced the most pain over the course of their wow. history. Now, number seven and number six, as we tape this, they're the only ones up so far. The Chiefs were seven, sneaky, lot of pain there. Mm-hmm. Haven't done anything in about forty years. Have lost seven straight playoff games, which is outrageous. Yeah. And number six, and I, I think that they should be higher up on the list: the Cincinnati Bengals.
4: That's pretty funny.
3: Uh, the Chargers you know, well, you know, you know, I don't want to I don't wanna spoil anything about the rest of the yeah. list, but I've got but some I was gonna say situation. I was
0: gonna guess and you, you let a little bit of the cat out of the bag there. Growing up in San Diego, I've always brought up the point that it bothers me that we you know, Cleveland's of the world It's like the oh, the woe is me, the poor Cleveland, they haven't won anything since sixty four. I'm like I grew up in San Diego. We we really we've had the San Diego Soccers, who are the 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 best indoor soccer team you will ever see. Sure. We had the San Diego Goals, minor league hockey, come get some. You don't wanna see them in the postseason. But outside of that, Padres have never won anything. Chargers have to go back to the AFL days. Um, so we, we haven't had anything. The Clippers leave. You know Nobody seems to care about that. We have the Clippers. They leave. We haven't won anything in a major sport, mm. so I just think it's because it's San Diego and it's great weather and everybody loves it out there. That you know, and we have other interests and do right, other people. Things. Yeah, but, I think th- that's
2: th- what it comes down to. They don't have a huge fan look,
3: base ever, but the ones that they have are diehard. And I agree with you. And I'm not going to give away anything on the re- about the rest of the list. But I think the Chargers fan.
0: And when you look, If you look at the Marty Schottenheimer era, and I was with Baltimore at that time, and we were kind of we were we were 13 and three one year. They were 13 and three, or maybe they were 14 and two even. Um, we were kind of you know we saw a lot of them and we watched a lot of them on tape. They were the most talented team in the NFL for probably a
3: three-year stretch and have nothing to show for it. And, and you know it have been a one Super Bowl and it was a disaster. Yeah. So that that's it for the news. Thank you also uh, for picking which which one of our teams uh, drafted the best. DJ goes with Team Hansus, and now uh, it's time for the big part of the show. Something uh, like we're gonna call. Players at the crossroads.
4: Play, 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 oh, it's more of the full version. I like this.
3: <laughs> Bone Thugs holds up really well. Listen to a few songs this morning inspired nice. by this. I almost feel like they were thought of almost like a novelty act at the time, or they you know they were kind of left of center and now you listen to them all this time later. It's great. Um i, I holds up.
0: One thing about those
3: like <laughs> songs like
0: that is I'm, I'm quite certain that I sang the wrong lyrics.
2: <laughs> oh, certainly.
0: Well, yeah, this is before and, and you – Wait, hold on, hold on. Was this the right part? He goes, and I'm going to miss everybody. Is he really yes. saying I'm going to miss everybody? or I don't know if he's even saying that, but that's the yeah, way I am pretty saying. sure it's I miss right.
2: everybody. I think you got that right.
5: I'm
3: about to miss everybody. it very fast, though. Yeah, and, and very not, fast. No one was scarier than the guy in the cross. I don't know if you happen to remember the video for Crossroads. There's kind of a guy going around the video essentially telling you – I think your life is over. That you know, That's kind yeah. of what, it, what it's about. It's scary video. A so good, good,
0: good tea into this uh, segment here.
3: Yeah. So I'll talk over. These are basically make or break players. Yep. You guys, they're at a certain point in their career. They're going to go one way or they're going to go the other. And we'll just kind of throw them out there and we'll discuss them going into the year. And I'm going to yep. start in Minnesota. With two guys who are coming from different directions, but I think are both at the crossroads. Corderell Patterson and Mike Wallace, now they're teammates. Patterson, number one ranked guy on our making the leap list last year, did not go so well. We weren't the only ones who really loved him. Took way too early in fantasy drafts. Now he's just fighting for playing time. And then Mike Wallace, much different situation, was one of the highest paid wide receivers in the league. Now he's getting traded in the middle of his career. Is this just what Mike Wallace is going to be? Is he going to kind of have that steep decline, be a Santonio Holmes type, or can he have a good second career act? Let's let's start with uh, Mark, either, either one you want to start with.
2: I like the setup because you're in Norv Turner's offense where you Norv Turner had to go through last season without a Mike Wallace-type deep threat. Charles Johnson emerged down the stretch as a good receiver for them. you got Cordero. You've got Adrian Peterson back. It's Teddy Bridgewater in year two. I don't think it's a bad situation. X receivers have thrived in Norv's offense many, many times. So we'll see. Look, I,
0: I I am a big Ryan Tannehill supporter. I love I love what he's you know, his his progress. You can track how he's gotten better each and every year. The one glaring weakness in his game is throwing the deep ball. And that's the one thing Mike Wallace does best. And Teddy Bridgewater throws a beautiful deep ball. I think this could actually be a nice comeback year for Mike Wallace in Interesting. this system. I think it's a good fit. You've got a running game. You're going to be able to see a lot of single high safety. He can get on top of coverage, and I think he's going to have somebody that can get the ball out there to him.
2: I think with Cordero, the question is, with Charles Johnson and Wallace and Adrian Peterson, and you've got a good tight end there as well. What happens to Cordero because he was meant to be the featured guy? Is that going to happen this year? Well, time? you got to get
3: Charles Johnson off the field if you're Cordero Patterson. You need to not be the number three slash four gadget. Let's set him up, but he's he only having That's what
0: he's going to end up being. is yeah. not good. The, the ironic thing is the big debate that year Cordero Patterson versus Tavon Austin. Mm-hmm. And the whole knock on Tavon Austin was that he's a gadget guy. And they haven't figured out, you know, Schottenheimer's gone now. We'll see what they can do with yeah. the coordinator. There, if they can figure out what to do with him.
3: But in, in the way it looks now, they're both gadget guys. Mm. So that's exactly yeah. what they are. So you don't think that'll change? I, I made a huge list, and we're going to write this up eventually. Tavon Austin wasn't a guy that I was even going to mention on the show here because we only have so many, so much yeah. time. But but you brought him up. Do you? I you still think, think I still think turns-
0: there's I still think you can use him. I don't know. I think it was against uh, the Colts maybe his rookie year. We had a long a long kick return. He had a long reception in that game. And, look, the speed's undeniable. He is very, very explosive. you got to figure out a... – Patterson,
3: though, when he moves, he moves unlike most he players. He moves just
0: like that. Um, when he moves – I mean, we're kind of keeping with our hip-hop theme. Here. <laughs> but the uh, – um, just getting these guys the ball in space. And I think Tavon is a much – he was more coming out more polished as a route runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he catches the ball a little bit more naturally than Patterson. Patterson, obviously, is bigger
2: and stronger. In the completely wrong offense for what he is. Yeah, no question. Cordell Patterson, and, and this
3: is wildly unfair – but he had one of the most he had the feeling in the green room at, when he was at the draft more than anyone i can remember recently of like i can't believe i'm here yeah like i can't believe this went so well like i don't know it was i think it was all of a, a surprise to Cordell Patterson that he ended up being this top of a a prospect coming into the league cuz he was so raw they took a chance on him hasn't worked out too well. looks like we're kind of split there. Maybe we see Wallace improving. I, I like that you have faith in Teddy's deep ball because people got on him a little bit. Oh, I like Teddy. Teddy can throw the deep ball. Plus, he's going to be indoors, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, not yet. Are they, are they outside they are still of Minnesota? Outdoors. They are still outdoors. They have one more year at the University another of Another year, yeah. Oh, that's brutal. Really? Yeah. I thought they were indoors this year. I, thought TCF, I like it. Stuff. I like outdoor TCF Minnesota Stadium. football. Yeah, it was fun. It's not if you're playing. All right, let's talk about another uh, qu- quarterback Not Teddy Bridgewater, a guy who even last year. Can we move it a faster clip? Because I'm not sure Sean's going to hold up for this whole episode. What, are
5: you
0: sweating. okay? He's sweating like crazy back there. Yeah,
3: it's sweating from every pore of my body, but oh I'm my pushing gosh. through. It's okay. Rip through these. Like a good I'm Southern okay. lawyer. I mean, <laughs> here's a guy definitely at the crossroads, RG3. Now, I actually happened to – I randomly watched his game against Minnesota, and he had – a couple nice deep balls. it did remind you, even last year, he had some moments where he shows off that talent. Do, do we think he's at the crossroads for sure in Washington? Yeah. Do we think there's a, a chance he can at least have a, a year where, okay, maybe he's not a superstar, but he gives you that solid mid-level. He's not the guy that hurts you, and he'll win a few games for you. Type of season. I don't have confidence more than anything else, just because the relationship
0: that exists between the quarterback and the head coach, which mm. I, I think you can go back in years past and maybe in, in yesteryear you could get away with that. I just think it's so complicated now. The defenses are so good. If you're not on the same wavelength as your as your coach, that's going to be difficult.
2: I think they went out of their way to try to tamper down that drama and make it sound like we're all on we're all in support of RG three. This is a guy that had 20 touchdowns and five picks as a rookie. He said 20 and 18 since. I mean, he's crumbled, and in the, in the, in the, in the, that was in an, in an offense authored around his skills that absolutely went. It, it caught at the right time at the NFL where RG3 was used correctly. Well, he was healthy, too. He was healthy, and he hasn't been since, and that's part of it. I mean, these, these quarterbacks that we put in the top five are guys that play 15, 16 games every season. A, can he do that? But B, Gruden, the way Gruden spoke about him last season I was absolutely like toxic. Some talent there, though. It wouldn't stun me if he came back
3: and had a twenty touchdown, eleven interception, decent season where he gets you thinking, okay, he can do. He can See, do something. I'll, some I'll
0: say, I'll say, best case scenario, you're looking at a eighteen touchdown, fourteen interception mm. type year. That's my.
3: I guess. mean, his numbers last year, I think, were even worse than he played. Although there were a few games where he looked like he just wasn't ready for the NFL, but his numbers in the end was four touchdowns, six interceptions, and nine fumbles. I mean, wow. that's a disastrous it, season and see, in 2014 and big, where everything is helping the quarterback. The biggest number of all is zero confidence.
2: And one question, zero confidence, and if, his, if he gets hurt to end the year, I believe his rookie, his rookie option contract is guaranteed for the next year. If he's, stu- if he's stinking up the joint in Week 10, and Gruden has benched him four times already, do you just get him out of there? No, it's not
3: guaranteed. So they they can get rid of him, and they will. I mean, I don't know if they would trade him in the middle of the season, but if he gets hurt, it is. Yes, if he gets if he got hurt, then it, then he would be guaranteed. Right, that, that's right. Just for performance, I mean, they're taking a risk by by giving him that this year. Um, let's move to another guy who's been hurt quite a bit. Brian Cushing. Remember when Brian Cushing was a star? I'm a Brian
0: Cushing fan when he's on the field. He's a big time player. He's at the it's crossroads. Well it's just he's at the he's at urgent care. I mean he just needs to get healthy. If he's healthy on the field, he's outstanding.
2: Yeah, and he came off he had multiple they weren't major but some smaller surgeries this off season too. He says he's fully healthy right now. O'Bill O'Brien said he's been running around in a way that he hadn't seen since he joined the team. So there's hope, but again, it's guys like Sean Lee, Cushing, can they last the full season?
3: Cushing's at another level, though, to me. Cushing, I, I brought him up just because I wanted people to remember, hey, here's a guy who everyone thought was a foundation piece, is going to be a future star, is one of the best young defensive players in the league, and now he's an afterthought. And if you watched him last year, he could not move around at all. I think this is going to be his last year in Houston unless he shows that he's a totally different, healthy type of player. I mean, he, he's had all sorts he of problems. He did say, say he spending. was not healthy at all. All last season. Right, but, well, you could see it. He, he couldn't move. I mean, he didn't right. look like he was ready to play in the NFL. So he's definitely in a make or break season. Another couple guys in Cleveland in a make or break season. Yeah, boy, Justin Gilbert and then Barkevius Mingo. It, 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 kind of maybe it's like the the damning with faint praise or low expectation, But no one seems to care that Barkevius Mingo hasn't done any. Isn't really doing anything
2: for them. Well, two sacks last year when he had more sack, more snaps than he did as a rookie when he had five sacks. So his production went down. I think it's interesting to look at what the way that that team is being built on defense. They drafted a guy, Nate Orchard, that they have talked up nonstop. They love him. Paul Kruger finally came through for them. Armonte Bryant's being moved to outside linebacker. And I liked him when he was on the defensive end position last season. So, it's basically Mingo, put up or shut up. We don't need you. The whole thing's not being centered around you. And with Gilbert, same thing. They just drafted and brought in more and more cornerbacks.
0: I'm, I wasn't a big Mingo fan coming out. However, I was a big Gilbert fan. And I would disagree with the crossroads for Gilbert. Year two is a corner. I think you look at Kareem Jackson, guys like that. There's a, there's a lot of corners we've seen. That's That transition from college to the NFL with what they're asked to do and all, all that they have to know, it takes some time. Xavier Rhodes is another one who I think is going to be a star at corner who did not immediately have success. Okay. So I think there's a, some growing pains there. And obviously Gilbert's had some issues off the field that he's readily admitted to. So I, I still think I'm not, I'm not giving up on him and I don't even think if this year he doesn't, you know, blow it up that got to make it, some progress right. at least. Oh, no, yeah. Be a, be well, a role here's, player. Here, here's you're
3: a my top here. 10 pl- pick, be a solid nickel back where you're on the field and you're not hurting your team. Well, this Something is what, like this that is that, what I, mean. I
0: didn't understand. And, Look, I think the guy can be a pro bowl kickoff returner. Mm-hmm. And not only will that help your special teams getting him out there with the ability he had, he had a bunch of touchdowns in college. But it's going to just give him some confidence and that's going to carry over when he gets on the defensive side of the ball. I don't I don't know if, you know, I've heard okay, there were some learning issues this side or the other, return middle, return right, return left. He can figure that out. And his issues weren't athletic. I mean, he
2: went he had a couple plays like pick season. six he against
0: against the Colts. Yeah. You saw what he can do. He just needs to be refined, but you've got something to work with there. Mingo, on the other hand, had played with zero
3: power in college, and I don't know that that's something you're ever going to pay. And he's not gaining
2: weight. Right, he and his speed so
3: and his pass rush moves, they don't stand out to make up for the fact that he's not strong. Just a few more players left, and we'll wrap it up. Doug Martin's a guy I would have thought would be a third-stringer battling for a roster spot right now, just based on what's happened to him the last couple of years. But he's got a chance here. He is the starting running back in Tampa I'm not in love with Charles Sims in particular he's coming off an okay rookie year sounds like the, the coaching staff is maybe mixed there just the fact that Martin that they're giving him such a chance he's at the crossroads he's got a chance he's got a chance to recapture what he had as a rookie they're gonna throw the ball a lot they are, they are going to throw the ball a lot.
0: So I think he can help you, help you out in the passing game. I still think Charles Sims in the passing game can do some of that stuff. I don't think you know, the offensive line where it is right now, I know they like Donovan Smith, young left tackle. They have some young pieces in place there. But overall, that five up front causes concern for me. And uh, I, I don't think they're going to be a very effective running football team no matter who's back
2: there. I mean, his job was basically saved by Dirk Cotter coming in and saying, I like Doug Martin, but mm-hmm. it was last year that Sims, you I remember you had multiple reports that they just love Sims. Yeah, especially catching the ball. Thought they, uh, they could do a lot of things with him out of the backfield. So we'll see what they do. Like Martin, Bruce Irvin came into the league really
3: strong, and now he's at the point where you don't know if it's his last season in Seattle. Some talk, maybe he'll head to Atlanta. I think he's turned out he's a fine he's a fine rotational player. He hasn't really ever elevated from where he was as a rookie. To he's me, a this a rotational is... player in college. I mean, this is kind of who he was, and then so you think this is just who he is? This is Bruce Irvin for the rest. I... He's not going to bust out at any point.
0: I don't think. He, I think he's somebody that you, you know, he's super athletic and explosive, and he's not somebody that's going to be a down end, down out, dominant football player. But you're going to see flashes from him. You're going to have games where he has two sacks, and you're going to see three or four games where he doesn't give you anything. I just think that's who he is.
2: Seems like pass rushers, if you're showing any. Life at all. You're going to find work in the NFL until you're you're truly out of town. Last last couple guys. Eric Fisher. Do we do you think there's any chance, just as a scout, that he
3: could improve upon what he showed? Former number one pick. He doesn't get talked about at all. That draft was so bad. I know, but he still was the top pick. No, I know he He, was, but it's one
0: of those deals where you go back and you look at it and you say, okay, he was a top pick. Well. Then you look at everybody that's what you, picked, who right? what else would you have picked right. up there? So, you know, I think Keenan Allen was in that draft, ended up being one of the better players, and he went in, what, the fourth round? Third or fourth round? Spent so, the whole
2: pre-draft process getting slashed by people too, yeah. you know?
0: So, no, look, at, I was, you know, Eric Fisher, he, some technical stuff, I think that there is hope that he can improve some stuff with his hands. I think he has gotten a little bit better there. Ah, uh, you look. Offensive lineman is another position. I think you give those guys three or four years, and you can see some guys come on and and play well. It does seem I like haven't the- given up on him. I don't think I don't think he's ever going to be a you know an elite left tackle, but, but I think he can be. Doesn't this make
2: the premier tackles though? Kind of from day one, they are who they are. Mm. Maybe there are numbers that that grow the into premier the, role. Guys, the, the premier guys the premier guys, guys. Yeah. But that's what he was drafted to be, but it was like you're saying it was not a great crop of players I think
0: guys with. like you know joe staley has has gotten better throughout his career and made himself into one of the best tackles. I don't think he walked on campus and uh, and was one but of a them. guy
3: like the guy with you on total access everyone uh should check out this week. Or Taylor Lewan. Taylor Lewan. I mean, you put him in right away. He was a solid yeah. starter, really, from from the get go. I know you got to go head off to do total access. You have your podcast. Everyone should check out Move the Sticks. Uh, you can check out our uh, players at the Crossroads. We're going to write this up at some point. We'll talk a little Colin Kaepernick. I mean, he's he's one.
0: Can I can I give you uh, something I would like to do real quick? And yes. I, just just you're the Dan, host, Dan, Dan. As long as Dan. Is not listening, which I'm. He probably won't listen. No he's not involved with. It. He's very, very self-absorbed. But um, I'm going to tell him. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to tell him as kind of a, a deal here. Okay. I sat in your chair and did around the NFL. So I'm going to have him do a move the sticks episode. Okay. And I'm going to tell him I need an hour worth of content. I'll never air it. I will never air it. <laughs> but I want him to sit here and have to do a whole show. Is that cool?
3: What would have moved this thick show with Dan really be? It would just be I don't know. I don't city. care. I just
0: like the idea that he'd have to sit in this Inferno hot box that we have in here where it's 90 degrees, watch Sean sweat his butt off behind the glass, and do an hour worth of content that doesn't see the light of day. That would be the ultimate.
2: Dan's gotten the last laugh because you're in here for another hour doing your show next, and it's still this hot. It's remaining this I'm hot. I'm hoping.
0: i got to do Total Access. I'm hoping this evening that it'll be a, a little bit cooled off. I'm going to have Rhett um, Lewis on our show today. Mm. On the Movie Six podcast, and he's he's just got back from the Manning Passing Academy. So for those that wonder what goes on at the Manning Passing Academy, other than maybe the Johnny Manziel story last year, which I might get <laughs> wow. some on that. Um, Brett has all the, all the details. Well, on Wow, Thibodeau's so, well, a fun Island. place. If you
3: can't have fun in oh, Thibodeau, I've been there. I've done the the camp. It's fun, fun experience. All right, that'll do it. Oh, I got a time to time the drop for Mark Sessler and Daniel Jeremiah. And of course, Sully and Brandon McGinnis behind the glass. Thank you for listening. Once again, we love you.